Cambridge. And as he was there, he, my grandfather had heard about Stephen Jeffries in the village before because there was a blind man who had no, no uh, pupils, no uh, eyes in his eye sockets. And, and so Stephen Jeffries licked his thumbs and put it in his eye sockets and he had eyeballs come in and he could see. And my grandfather heard about this and he, he came to the back of the meeting and he sat there and in the middle of the preaching, Stephen Jeffries was there and he saw my grandfather and out in the middle of his sermon, he went up to him and said, young man, do you know Jesus? And he said, no. He said, would you like to know him? And he said, yes. And that moment, a generation changed, a legacy shifted. And... And my grandfather then eventually became a missionary in India for 27 years. And uh, then he married my grandma, who was from Australia, and they came back to Australia. And they, they then went to Papua New Guinea and brought the baptism of the Holy Spirit to the East Sepik region of Papua New Guinea. And, uh, so there I, and then my dad, uh, I was born in Papua New Guinea, actually. I know I don't look like I'm born in Papua New Guinea, but I was. And then uh, we came back to Australia, and my dad... Uh, pastored a church that exploded and uh, became the largest church in Australia. And I was the youth pastor in the church. And, um, but when I was growing up, I, I didn't want to be a preacher. Honestly, I did not want to be a preacher. I was good at sport and I was good at music and I, and I didn't want to be a preacher. And my mother was scary. Anyone got scary mothers here? Or you say moms, scary moms. We say mums, M-U-M, you say M-O-M. I, I say to our American friends that favor is spelled F-A-V-O-U-R um, because God wants to put you in favor. Uh, anyway, God bless America. And God save the queen. <laughs> so, so there I was. My mum was scary, and I remember one time I was... Um, at a movie that I wasn't supposed to be at. It was a horror movie, and I was there, and I was feeling guilty. I was about 14, and my mother was in prayer. This is the type of upbringing I had. My mother was in prayer, and uh, <laughs> she, God says to her that I'm in this movie watching this uh, in, in cinema number seven at Tea Tree Plaza Cinemas. And so in the middle of the horror movie, I'm sitting there, and I'm feeling guilty, but the movie is scary, and I hear a voice. Is Russell Evans here? And I'm like, oh my goodness, this movie director is amazing. He's made Satan's voice sound like my mother. She said, when you, when you turn 15, God's going to speak to you. And I said, in my head, whatever, because I wasn't going to say to her whatever, because she knew the Bible. And she put scripture all over the house. We had scripture everywhere on plaques. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We had scripture in the bedroom. Children, obey your parents. We had scripture in the bathroom. Fear not. We had scripture. We had this big stick which had scripture in it. Spare the rod, spoil the child. On the other side, we need thee every hour. You know, if, my, if there was a choice between my father and my mother to minister to me, it'd be my dad every time because he would cry and feel sorry for me. I remember one time he was about to minister to me and uh, the rod of correction, and uh, he starts crying. He goes, this is going to hurt me more than a 
it's going to hurt you. I said, Dad, you give me the stick, you bend over, and you see if that's the case. <laughs> when my mother, she was different. Like she, she believed in the Word of God, literally. And uh, she, you know, if she was to minister to me, she'd break out into the song, My Redeemer, cha-cha-cha, <laughs> My Redeemer. She would go through verse, chorus, bridge, second verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, bridge. I'd go, Mom, stop. She goes, no, the glory of the Lord is here. <laughs> so there, there I was. I was 15 years of age, 15 years of age, and we had this guest preacher coming into our church, and and uh, I was on the front row. I don't know why I was on the front row, but I was. And I had my hands raised, and there was this cute girl in the second row. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. I come into agreement with your word. I taste and see that the Lord is good. Lord, if I can kiss her after the service, that would be amazing. <laughs> I, was, I was there in worship. And the preacher got up afterwards, and he, he said, stand up, Russell. And I'm like, oh, no. God's told him I was worshipping the creation, not the creator. <laughs> and so he, sa- he stands me up and he says, because my f- grandfather's a famous preacher, my dad took the movement that we're in, which Planet Shakers and Hillsong actually comes out of, from 80 churches to 1,200 churches. So there was, a, there was church planning every two weeks in Australia under my dad's ministry. And so... There I am, and I got a famous grandfather, a famous father, and the devil would constantly say, you're not good enough. God would say, I've got destiny for you, but the devil would say, you're not good enough. And I I discovered, I actually wrote a book called Honor, because whatever voice you honor is what voice you empower. And he he stands me up and he says, Russell, don't compare yourself with your father. Don't compare yourself with your grandfather. Don't look at yourself as being young, but I'm going to cause you to be a spokesman to nations. And uh, I was there, and you would think that that was really exciting to me, but it wasn't very exciting to me because I felt pressure. And I had all these old ladies afterwards come and say, you're just going to be like your dad. And I was a little naughty, and I said, what, short and fat? And um, (laughs) for two years, I'd gone through this struggle, and then... uh, at 17, I got a youth pastor. He's Italian. He cries a lot. And I literally, he cries all the time. He, he would cry all the time. And, and I'm a type of, I'm soft at heart. Some men don't cry. They're usually single. Because <laughs> women like soft hearts, strong heads, not hard hearts, soft minds. So, sir, if you're single, in worship, poke yourself in the eye and sings, then sings my soul, tears come running down, and she'll say, I'm going to marry him. He's got a heart after God. <laughs> so my youth pastor rings me. I decide I'm not going to go to a youth camp because I don't want another prophecy because we've got a prophet coming. And uh, my youth pastor rings me and he says, Russell, are you coming to youth camp? And I said, yes. I lied. He said, I was in prayer and God told me that you don't want to come to youth camp because you don't want another prophecy. I'm like, God, can we have some secrets? You tell my mom and now you're telling my youth pastor. And he started crying. He said, would you come? So I come to the youth camp. I'm there and this prophet, he is so amazing 
that he's reading emails and emails weren't even created. He, he's telling things about people's lives and I'm like, wow. So I go forward in the altar call because I didn't want to come to camp for a prophecy, but I think he's pretty good, so I'll give him an opportunity. So I'm in the, in the, the line and you know how it used to be, you'd be in the line and, and the prophet would be coming down the, and you, the, more, the closer he got, the more hungry you looked. he'd get closer and closer and he prophesied over every person and he comes before me and I've got squinty eyes anyway and I'm like this and I'm looking at him and he looks at me and he goes right by remember I didn't want a prophecy but I didn't get one so I was mad at God (laughs) and I walked out of that meeting and I said to God that's it me and you are finished that's it I gave you an opportunity and my youth pastor comes looking for me, and he's crying. He said, don't give up on God. I'm like, I haven't even told anyone. <laughs> and something happened in my heart that night in my sleep. I don't know what happened, but something happened. And in the morning, I woke up, and I said, God, I just want you. I'm here to encourage you, no matter who, how you feel about yourself, wherever you feel you're at, if you come with hunger, because God always responds to hunger. A church that is hungry will have the fire of God. A church that is not hungry will, will be a place that is stale and boring. I don't want to be in boring church. Church should be the most exciting place on the planet. It should be a place where people get healed, saved, set free. You know, in Australia right now, our church in Melbourne is 16,000 people. In 15 years, it's seen 250 people saved every weekend. Every weekend, 250. And we're Australia, so we're like Canada. 8% of people go to church in Australia. It's not like 50% like in Dallas or 90% in Birmingham, Alabama. 8% go to church in Australia. So to see 250 people saved every weekend is a miracle. But we're not stopping there. We're going for 500. And we're not stopping there. We're going for 1,000. And we're not stopping there. We're going for 10,000. Why? Because God is the God of increase and He responds to hunger. As soon as you settle down and as soon as you say, we're all right, guess what happens? God says, I'm looking for a hungry place. And so here I was. I was 17 and I said, God, I just want you. And I came out the front. I don't know what the altar call was for. And it was an altar call to altar. You come to the altar, A-L-T-A-R, and you come to altar, A-L-T-E-R. See, God doesn't want you to encounter Him and not change. The Bible says when we see Him, we'll be changed from glory to glory. And this weekend, I'm praying that you encounter God so powerfully that you'll be changed just like I was at 17 years of age. And I encountered God, and I stood there, and I said, God, I love you. And he said, Russell, I love you. And I said, I love you too. And he said, I love you. He goes, I I think you're pretty awesome. I think, well, you're more awesome. And he says, I want to use you. Some people in church over the years, I've been in church for a long time, think, you know, I feel used. Well, if you're useful, you'll be used. If you have no use, you won't be used. So everybody will be used. 
because you're useful. So welcome to the useful people of God. And you will be used. God wants to use you greatly, but not to use you to abuse you, use you to make his name great. And so there I was, and I said, God, I love you. But what happened was, when God spoke to me when I was 15, two weeks later, I played in the band that we were called More Than Conquerors. It wasn't a cool name. We had this band that's called More Than Conquerors. We made it cooler. So we took M for more, T for than, and C for conquerors. We called ourselves MTC. Some people called us empty seats because we were so bad everyone left. <laughs> but I remember I was playing guitar and I had to introduce a song. And I was 15 and I was a late bloomer. So that means my voice has changed later than other people. So I was introducing a song and I said, this song's about Jesus coming back. And if you don't know him, you really need it. And my voice cracked. I didn't realize it at the time until we watched the video afterwards. Some people here are old enough to know what a video is. Some people who don't know what a video is, it's a brick you put in a machine and it plays back. And we watched the video after the concert and it got to my bit, you really need him. And it was funny, but then the band began to rewind it. You really need him. You really need him. You really need him. You really need him. 50 times. And on the outside, I'm laughing. And on the inside, I'm making an agreement that I will never speak in public again. I said, that's it. I'm never making a fool of myself. Two weeks before, you're called to be a spokesman to nations. Two weeks later, the very thing that God has called me to do is the very thing the enemy attacked. I mean, my last year at school, my English teacher doesn't like me. And the reason she doesn't like me, and literally she is this, I'm not saying she is this by name, she actually was this. She was a white witch. She, she was into witchcraft, and she tried to introduce in our English witchcraft books, and my parents complained, and she didn't like me. So she wrote in my school report, Russell cannot communicate. Not because I couldn't communicate, she didn't like me. But it was the devil trying to reinforce what he tried to stop me doing. See, the devil, you see, if you feel that you're attacked in an area, you should say, I must be so anointed because the devil doesn't like me in this area. See, you might be attacked in your, your finance. Well, you've you, you got to be ready for a blessing because a blessing's coming your way if you stand in the promises of God. You might be attacked in your health, and God says, I want to use you. I want to turn your setback into a setup, and I want to use you for the glory of God to be somebody who releases healing in the place. You see, God loves, loves he loves using you for greatness, and the enemy will try to stop you. So I said to God in this moment at 17 years of age, I said, God, I can't communicate. That's what I said. He said, who said that? And I said, um, the devil. He said, well, why are you believing him? I said, that's true. He said, come out of agreement with that lie and come into agreement with my truth. So I said at that moment, okay, God, I'll come. he said, because this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you power. Acts 1.8 says, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. 
You see, when you get saved, the Holy Spirit lives in you, but there is a, a time where he comes upon you as well as in the book of Pentecost. See, Jesus, he was there, and you remember, he, he would walk the earth, and he, he was going. Then one day, he came and saw his cousin, John, and John says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the, the sin of the world, and he gets baptized, and the Holy Spirit comes upon him. See, the Holy Spirit lives in you for you, but he comes upon you for others. And so God says, I'll give you power. And that word power means ability, God's ability, efficiency, God's efficiency, and God's might. So at 17, I said, okay, God, bring it on. I need your power. You see, this weekend, God wants you to experience his power. He wants to come upon you and give you divine ability, divine efficiency, and divine might. You see, God wants to use you greatly. I was 17 years of age, and I said yes to God. Then I started a small group, and it grew, and we had to, we had to partition it, and it grew again. And then they eventually came to me, and they said, would you take over the teenage ministry in the church? I said, no. We had a large church. We had big young adults, but we had small teenagers. And they said, why don't you want to take over the teenage ministry? I said, because I believe in sowing and reaping, and I gave my youth pastor hell, so I don't want to reap hell. <laughs> they said, would you please do it? I said, okay, I'll pray about it. I prayed about it, and God said, do it. And I said, God, all right. I don't want to run a babysitting club. I want a people to encounter God. So the next week we start our youth ministry. Sam, my wife, is one of the four leaders. See, I'm smart. When you lead something, pick your leaders to be one of your future wives. I only have one wife. <laughs> wife. Wife. Singular, not plural. And so she's there. And there's four of us, we're starting 20 kids, we're meeting in a school, <laughs> and I was the band. I played guitar, I'd play keyboards, I remember saying the very first week, come on, let's lift our hands, and a kid lifted his hand and he gave me the bird and it wasn't the dove. <laughs> I'm like, God, help me, what am I doing here? Next week, same 20 kids, he said, come and lift your hands, and another kid gave me the bird. Next week, the same thing happened. I'm, we're having prayer every morning, and I'm saying, God, uh, every Wednesday morning, I'm saying, God, and I said to him, you've got the wrong person. He says, no, 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 no. I want to give you the strategy. See, God wants to give you strategies that will set up your destiny. You see, the, the very number one thing they were asking university students, they said, what's the number one question you'd ask God? And they did this survey and you'd think that the number one question might be, where do I go when I die? It wasn't that. You maybe thought the number one question is, why is there uh, pain on the earth? You don't, it wasn't that. Three quarters, all of the questions added up, three quarters were one question. It's what is my purpose? Everybody wants to know their purpose in life. They want to know why they're created to do what they're created to do. By the way, you have a uniqueness to you in your DNA. There's a 1% uniqueness in your DNA. It's your eye print, it's your tongue, tongue print, and it's your fingerprint because God gives you a unique vision, a unique declaration, and a unique touch. 
You see, God, you see, but the way to discover your purpose, God wants you to discover destiny. How do you discover it? You go to the author. You see, I have this phone. It's called an iPhone. I have to learn from the person who created this how this iPhone works because if I don't, I will never discover its full potential. The only way I can discover at my full potential and you can discover your full potential is go to your creator and discover your purpose in his presence. Hebrews 8.5 says, Build according to the pattern shown to you in his presence. On the mountain, shown on the mountain, you see, in God's presence, He gives you a pattern. He designs you. He start, scars you. He gives you an architectural blueprint. So in God's presence, He puts a design in you. See, the problem with the Western church is we copy everyone else's pattern. We become karaoke church. We see that church does that, so we'll do that. Instead of getting in the presence of God and getting our own design, our own stamp, our own blueprint for what God wants to do. We can be inspired. We can have an impartation, but we need to be unique. People, I say to people when they come to Planet Shakers Conference and we have about 13,000 people come in Australia and we have about over 80,000 to our world conferences. Last year, Planet Shakers banned played face-to-face to, -face to 1.2 million people. And, and I'd say to people, don't be planet shakers. I get an impartation, but be who you are. Be called to who you're called to be. I am not you and you are not me. You copy me, I become karaoke. You become karaoke of me. We got so many karaoke churches. We need some churches that get in the presence of God and say, I'm going to get a hold of God for myself and I'm going to get an impartation, but I'm going to get God's design. And so that's what we did. And God gave me, he said, I want you to do this with these young people. And, and God turned up in a powerful way and these 20 kids went to 300 kids. Then they eventually asked me to take over the young and adults in the youth ministry, and it grew to a thousand people. And I remember, and I'll talk about this uh, a little bit more as over the weekend, but I was sitting in a row, at a front row at 27 years of age. I was the state youth leader and the national youth leader of Australia. We're having 10,000 people attend our events in, in, in Adelaide. And I was in this meeting, I was next to Sam, and God was moving and I felt this urge, I'd never seen anyone do this before, I felt this urge to run around this big stadium. And I thought to myself, but there's a lot of skeptics in those, those seats up there, and they'll criticize what I'm doing. So I, I turned to Sam, and I said, Sam, uh, I feel like running around the building. Never seen anyone do it in my life. She said, go for it. I'm like, could you just say no? So I said, no, I'm not going to do that. And as I'm sit holding on, the preacher comes over and he goes, run. So I run around the building and I get back to the seat. And Sam goes, how did you feel? I said, stupid. <laughs> and then after the service, there was this line of people. First person, Russell, you look absolutely ridiculous. Why did you do it? I said, I don't know. I just... Did it? Well, don't do it again. Second person, you look like a fool. I'm like, thank you very much. That's very encouraging. Third person, you don't run in church. Fourth person, Russell, I was sitting up in the balcony. You don't know me, but God gave me a picture of you taking fire to the nations. I'm like, high five. 
the, the next person after them, Russell, I was sitting down there, and God gave me a picture. You know I don't talk like this, but you were taking fire to the nations. I said, next person, Russell, I was sitting over there. God showed me you're taking fire to the nations. I'm like, awesome. Next person. It became four to three because God always wins. And so then, then about a month later, I was in a meeting, and I, as I was sitting on the front row, I said, God, I just want to see you move. And the preacher came up and he goes, I brand you with fire. And I began to burn. I began to burn. And, I, and for 30 minutes, I was so on fire, I said, God, you've got to take this fire off of me. It's too full on. And he said to me two things. He said, go back to your young people and take up a first fruits offering. I said, God, what's that? He said, give, them, give a whole week's wage. I said, these are young people. He said, yeah, I want you to do that. I said, he said, I also want you to start a conference called Planet Shakers. I'd never even heard of the name before. What, it, what is interesting is when I was born in Papua New Guinea, I was born in 127 earth tremors when I was born. We're recorded. So what God does in the natural, he does in the supernatural. I was, they were, I was shaking the planet when I was born, and I'm continuing to shake the planet when I'm born again. <laughs> and God says, start a conference called Planet Shakers. I said, God, what's that? I've discovered with God, he doesn't give you the 10-point plan. He gives you the one-step plan. I said, okay, let's start a conference. He said, also with that offering, give a third of it to you to youth evangelism in Australia, give a third of it to a church planning overseas and give a third of it to start the conference. I said, okay, where are we going to give church planning? And God put on my heart, I have a friend of mine who wanted to plant a thousand churches in the Philippines. So I said, all right, cool. We're going to sell it there. So we started this youth conference with 30, 300 people in the day, 700 people at night, had no advertising hardly and it just spread. Within eight years, we had 30,000 young people attending our conferences in Australia, in four cities. Because in those encounters, this is what God wants to do at this conference. He wants you to encounter Him because defining encounters set you up. And so I was doing this and I'm like, I... I this is awesome, we're going to continue to do conferences, and then I'm preaching in London, I was actually preaching in Hillsong, London, and God spoke to me and He said, I want you to leave Adelaide and plant a church in Melbourne. I said, God, I don't want to plant a church. He said, why not? He knew why not. You know, God asks you dumb questions sometimes that He already knows. Remember Peter, he went out in the boat and he said, hey Peter, you caught anything? Jesus can see he's caught nothing. If it was me, it was like, Jesus, can't you see? It's like blind Bartimaeus, what do you want? As if he couldn't see that he wanted to see. But there's something in God that says, would you humble, you, humble yourself and ask me? By the way, God's the worst place to play, person to play hide and seek with. Adam tried it, remember Adam? God's got a good sense of humor. A Adam, where are you? As if he didn't know. Oh, getting warmer? Oh, why have you got clothes on? 
Uh, it was her fault. <laughs> he said, start a church. I said, God, I don't want to be a pastor. Because when you're evangelist, everyone cheers you. And when you do conferences, people love it. When you're a pastor, you've got to deal with people. And I always thought people were equal problems. But God says, no, people equal potential. So Sam and I packed up everything. We'd be, I'd been in one church for 30 years. And we packed up everything. And we left Adelaide and went to Melbourne. And we took two young children. And uh, I remember the, the step of faith is always, two feelings come over you, happy, scared. You're happy you're fulfilling the call of God, but you're scared what's about to happen. So we started this church, and I'm like, I hope people turn up. We had 900 people turn up the first week. We had 600 the next week, and we had 350 the next week. And I'm like, if it keeps going like this, we're going back to Adelaide. <laughs> but God, in His grace, as I said, we, we're now almost 17,000 people with five campuses in Melbourne. Then we got four campuses overseas, and God is doing amazing things. Just on Sunday, we have 150,000 watchers online just on Sundays. I sit there and I go, how does this happen? And you will receive power, ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You see, I, I, I begin to think about the Holy Spirit and what, what, what He did, does. Remember Acts 2, 42? It says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the eating of meals, and to prayer. And then a great sense of awe came over them, and they, the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and the people were kept taken care for, and the, pe and the people were added to the church daily. And God said, I want to show you a pattern of how church should be. It should have five things in church. It should have one encounter. Acts chapter 2, they encountered the presence of God. You'll forget my sermons. You'll You'll forget our songs, but you won't forget God's encounters. God wants His church to encounter Him. He wants you to encounter Him. Then they devoted themselves. What does devote? Give themselves completely, entirely to. You see, God sets up a church like this in a city like this to be the answer to the city. The answer doesn't come in the government. The answer doesn't come in the education system. It doesn't come in, in the business world. It comes in the church, it, it going into the business world, going into the government, going into the media, going into all parts of society and being the light of the world, having this wild fire faith that's inside of you to change the world. And it comes when you're devoted to the, the, the cause of the church. The method for revival in, in Canada and the world is the church. It isn't the parachurch ministries. It isn't the evangelists. It's the local church that, that empowers people to go and change the world. And it's the church that is on fire for God that will literally shift and shake the world for Jesus to make his name famous. And I've discovered that God's no respecter of people. He takes insecure pastor's kids and he said, hey, I want to use you. And and I've said, no, God, how could I be used by you? And he said, listen, I'll give you my power. I'll give you divine ability. I'll give you divine might. I'll give you divine efficiency. And I'll blow your mind. And we are just in a journey of being our mind being blown. That doesn't mean there's 
challenges. There's always challenges. But greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. And everywhere I go, I walk around a city and I say, God, this city is ours. As I walk, go into sporting stadiums, I love sport, but I don't just go to watch sport. I walk around there and I say, this stadium is ours. This is created for the glory of God. See, God wants to put in you a fire that, that says you can do anything if you believe. Everything is about what you believe or what you honor. And I have decided in my life, when God says it, I've got to honor it and let Him blow our minds to see what He's going to do. And you will receive power. As I said, my um, grandfather and grandma, they actually met in Wales. My, um, my grandma got saved in a meeting that a guy called Smith Wigglesworth was running in Adelaide, Australia. And that's where the church my dad eventually passed had started from. She got baptized in the Holy Spirit with a lady called Amy Semple McPherson. And so she got on fire for God. She's four foot nothing. And she would stand on street corners and preach. She'd go to hospitals and pray. She went to India. She was the first woman missionary sent from the movement that I was from to India. She goes over to India. She's working in the orphanages. She, she meets my grandfather. They fall in love. They get married. They don't even date. They just write letters and then they get married. And in the first five years of ministry, they see three people saved and only one stick. What keeps you going? Five people saved, one person sticks. Is a call. My grandma's working in the slums and she gets smallpox. And she gets the type of smallpox is where you lose your eyesight and she's dying. And she says, she's, as she's dying there, she, she's crying out to God and says, God, you haven't called me to die in India. You've called me to win India. And my grandpa comes in. He's with another pastor and he feels to bring communion and so he can't even open her mouth pro properly but he eventually gets her mouth open and he and he puts the the wafer the bread the biscuit and uh, and she she gets swallows it and puts a little bit of grape juice that she swallows and he says Jesus by your stripes we are healed Jesus you've called us to win India she has smallpox all over her body they say that smallpox is if you get cured of it you'll have eye problems or lose your eyesight Next day, she's feeling a little better, and they come and do it again. Within five days, the power of God's come so over her that she's sitting up, and, and, uh, and within two weeks, she's out of bed. She has no marks in her body, and she died at 87 with great eyesight. Because my grandma and my grandpa decided that we are people who are called and anointed by God to see God change cities. Then for the next 22 years, they served in India, and then they went to Papua New Guinea, as I said. And I remember at 87, my, my grandma is in a coma, and they call us to tell her, say goodbye to her. So my, we go up into her room, and, and my cousin, who's a singer, begins to sing a song called I Can Feel the Power of Jesus. And she's in this coma, and as he sings, she opens and looks up, and she smiles. He stops singing, and she goes back into a coma. So I said, David, keep singing, man. 
So he keeps singing, and as long as he sang, she was eyes open, out of the coma. As soon as she, he stopped singing, she went back in the coma. We say goodbye to her because we don't think she's going to be alive in the morning. In the morning, she's sitting up and she's saying, where's my breakfast? <laughs> Three days later, my grandfather, my mother, and myself are going up in the elevator to her room. And my grandfather said, it's time for grandma to go home to be with Jesus. We fought the fight. Our, our grandchildren are serving Jesus now. So we go into her room. And, he, and her name's Stella. And he says, she, he says, hi, Stella. She goes, hi, Tom. And he says, it's time for you to go home be with Jesus. And she says, you sure you can live without me, Tom? He said, it'll be hard. She, he said, but we've served Jesus with everything we've got. We've given our all. We've given our all. Now our grandchildren are serving Jesus. So we hold hands around her bed and we begin to pray. And Grandpa begins to pray and he says, Dear Jesus, take my dear wife home. We've served you with everything we've got. We've given our all. Our grandchildren are serving you. We've made a mark on the earth. We've been filled with the Holy Spirit. We've released your power wherever we've gone. Thank you for my dear wife. And my grandma comes out. Musicians, you can come. The grandma, my grandma came out. And she uh, opens her eyes and she says, all the family are there. And she, well, not all the family, they're just a few of us. But she starts going through all the family. She says, goodbye, Andrew. Goodbye, Lorraine. Goodbye, Freddie. Goodbye, Betty. Goodbye, Russell. Goodbye, Ashley. She starts going through everyone. I, I got tears running down my face. And at the end of it, when she says goodbye, I said, goodbye, Grandma. I'll see you in heaven. And you see, I, I want to show you something from a generational perspective. My grandparents got saved and got empowered by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came upon them, then it came upon their children, then they came upon their grandchildren. I'm their grandson. Then they came, now my, my children, which is their great grandchildren, are now serving Jesus, uh, doing amazing things for God. Because my grandfather encountered the power of God, it went generationally. But what kept it going generationally is, is hunger. See, now I'm preaching here in Canada, my grandma's preaching. Her life is preaching. Why? Because God gave power to people who are hungry. And my my question to you tonight, my, my uh, we're going to have worship, a lot of worship over this weekend. Do you want Him? Do you want everything He is? You see, what God's done in this church is awesome, but there's even more. What God's done in your life is awesome, but there's more. I, I've discovered when I was 17, I had a, divine, a divining, divine, defining encounter. 
When I was 27, I had a defining encounter. I had encounters all on the way, but I had defining encounters. When I was 37, I had a defining encounter. When I was 47, you go, well, you're older than 47? Yes, I had a defining encounter. I just turned 52, actually. I had defining encounters that set up and multiplied my destiny. I believe that this weekend, the testimonies are going to be, I had a defining encounter and God spoke to me uh, or echoed what he had spoken to me before but in a louder way and and there was an impartation and there was there was something that was released in my spirit i had an encounter with the power of god because i i needed to 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 see the next the next era in what god wanted to do in my life see i i don't believe that this conference is going to be a next chapter i think it's going to be a next era God is going to release a next era moment into this church, not a next chapter. A next chapter is good, but a next era is a whole nother level. And that God is going to multiply through His power. So who says, hey, I, I, I want God's power for a new era? If that's you, I want you to stand wherever you are and lift your hands to heaven. every morning my grandpa would get up and he would take a deep breath like he was very first thing he would do and he'd go I receive you Holy Spirit he'd get up every morning and he'd take a deep breath by faith to receive his power and right here right now I want you to welcome and honor and receive Holy Spirit in this place right now receive his glory receive his power so would you just take a deep breath with me on the count of three and say i receive you ready here we go one two three just take that breath receive you right here right now there are people right now and you can feel the fire of God on you you can you can feel this fire this fire that's coming on you if that's you I just want you to come and stand here with me just for a moment get out of your seat and come and stand with me you you can feel the fire of God on you I want you to get out of your seat come and stand here for a moment that's it the fire of God. God's releasing His fire in this room right now. Right now. If that's you, and you say, I can feel the fire of God. It's on my lips. It's on my hands. It's, I, I can feel it burning in me. Get out of your seat right here, right now. We're not gonna, I'm not going to do this long, but God's going to release His glory into this place right now. There are people when you're dry and you need His touch. If that's you, you can come as well. You say, I, I need His touch. I'm dry. You, you might not be dry. You can say where you are, but there are people here, and you've come here, and you're like me that that went to that youth camp, and I was dry, but I needed encounter God. Mm-hmm. 
Father, right here, right now, right now, right now, right now, right now, in the name of Jesus, I release your glory. In the name of Jesus, Lord, your fire and your power and your presence to be released in your people. Holy Spirit, Lord, those who are dry, that you would come and fill and refresh. Father, those who, who we declare a defining encounter upon your people right here, right now. In the name of Jesus, we declare healing and breakthroughs. We declare freedom and liberty. Come on, let's begin to worship. Begin to worship. Begin to sing it. Oh, your fire, Holy Spirit. Your fire of God, the fire of God, the fire of God, the fire of God. See it up, Sapaya. See it up, Sapa, see it up, so to the man. Lead it up, I say it in a mama soap. Hit it up, a Fire! Get up, a Sapa, you did a soap, Mamma, run a little bar. Hit it up, Say it up a soap, Mamma, Massa. Hit it up, Mamma. Hit it up, Mamma. Hit it up a soap. Hit it up, Mamma, Massa. Hit it up a sin. Hit it up, Mamma. So remote. Hit it up a sin. Hit it up a sin, Mamma. Roll, Luda, Mamma. Sing press in. Yeah. Yeah. Hey! Hey, hey! Yeah! Karadabasabababama. Let faith. So the other of us say, get another by the other of us, so the other man. Let faith. Get out of us, see the other man. Let faith arise. 
God's healing um, someone's shoulder over here. Someone's shoulder is being healed over here. God's healing someone's shoulder. There is arthritis that God is healing right here, right now. There is someone who you have pain right at the bottom of your spine, and God is healing you right now by His power. There is, there is someone over here that you have an ear problem over this side, and God is healing your ear. You've had a ringing of your ear, and God is healing you right now. There is someone here, and you have depression, and you've had really heavy depression. You've come hungry this week. You say, God, I need a breakthrough. Your breakthrough is here. It is here. It is here. It is here. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. There's respiratory issues being healed right now by His power. If you need a healing, just lift your hands to heaven. Now, Father, right here, right now. Yeah. By your stripes, we are healed. I declare every infirmity, every disease to go in the name of Jesus. Lord, I release. You said, Lord, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Lord, I release liberty in people's bodies, liberty into their health, liberty into their mind, liberty into their sleep, liberty, Lord, right here, right now, I release the Spirit of liberty. God, you are the one who sets us free from sickness. You set us free from depression. You set us free from injuries. And in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I release your healing power. Now, let faith arise. A holy fiber. Let faith. Come on, yep. Let faith arise. Hey! Ho! Sing, 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 sing! Let faith arise. Hey! Holy Bible. Let faith, let faith! Let faith arise. Holy fire. Sing it again. Let faith arise. Let faith arise. Let faith arise. Yeah. Holy. Say it up. Say it up. Say it up. Say it up. Say it Let faith arise. What time does what time am I supposed to finish? Now? Right? Am I supposed to finish now? 
God does in closing and then whatever's going to happen next. But one of the things God does is He releases dreams in His presence. Releases dreams. I just had a desire. I wanted to be used by God, but then He released a dream. I, I would never believe that Planet Shakers Church is the fastest growing church in Australian history. I would never believe that because it wasn't, I would look at me and go, how could God get, do it with me? But God says, if you look at me and watch what I release into you, dreams and visions. Right here, right now, God wants to release dreams and visions. You say, some of us have put our dreams on the shelf and it's time to Breathe into them again, the promises of God again. There are people here and you've had children and, and you thought God was going to use them, but they seem to have gone off track a little bit. But God says, breathe into them again. Breathe that dream again. There's dreams God's given people for business. I got a young man in my church. He's 31 years of age. He'd sit in a meeting like this. And I talk about building and beautifying cities. 31, at the time he was 18, God gave him a dream to develop, be a developer that would develop cities. He started a business four years ago. He is right now five billion Australian dollars worth of development right now in four years from nothing. How did that happen? Because he's clever. He is clever, but it's not because he's clever. It's because God gave him a dream. And God wants to release dreams in this place right here, right now. Dreams. Dreams. He wants to release dreams and visions. Holy Spirit right here. Now. <laughs> 